Communications disruption can mean only one thing. This is Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. Welcome everybody to episode 55 of Jam Transmissions, a Star Wars podcast. I'm Peter Viox, joined today by my good friend and co-host, Joshua Rowe. How's it going, man? It's Tuesday. It is uh, <laughs> a little colder than it was yesterday. It's whopping 32 degrees. It was raining earlier, but it's Star Wars Day, and I can show you how to count all the way to 55. Wow. Well, <laughs> thank you for the great update from our chief meteorologist, Joshua Rowe. Anytime. Always let us know <laughs> how the weather is on Jetta. So... Yeah, happy Star Wars Day. Happy 55. 55 Star Wars Days later. How That's you doing? Awesome. Um, I feel like I did on day one. Always good. Always fun. It was cold. It, it was, was a little cold. bit colder than the day before. <laughs> My bones arthritis. Oh, too much of that at work. Um, no, dude. What have I been into? Besides the Mandalorian, I don't know. We haven't really done a lot of Star Wars stuff at the house. Pam has been reading. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she's getting caught up on all the audiobooks. So from Thrawn Treason up to Resistance Reborn and everything in between. So, yeah, she's been busy. Oh, and Queen Shadow. Yeah, that's that's a lot. Yeah. Way to go, Pam. No shit. Killing it. Yeah, as far as audiobooks on my end... Um, the only one I've been working on um, has been C-3PO. I am C-3PO by Anthony Daniels. How's that going? Man, it's a delight. I got to be completely honest with you. It's an absolute delight. Really? Yeah. I mean, how do I put this? Um, it's narrated by Anthony Daniels himself. Right. And he, it turns out he's really good at imitations. Really? He does some. He does some of the best George Lucas imitations. Like he, the, the whole situation where he's like, "Will, will you let me have the part?" Um, sure. <laughs> <laughs> no, shit. Just, uh, just stuff like that, man. But honestly, for a Star Wars fan who is interested in behind the scenes kind of stuff, oh yeah. Um, I, I highly recommend it. It's straight from his point of view. You learn a lot about the C three PO suit. Um, you learn a lot about little things that you may not have known what you saw in the um, in the movie. Like if you see like a little weird, I don't know anything. He will give you an actual behind the scenes reason of what you what you're seeing there. Uh, stuff about the lights inside of um, certain set pieces and things of that nature. And it's it's kind of fascinating to me. So I've I've really been enjoying it. A total delight. Um, highly recommend if you haven't checked it out, get the audio version. Oh yeah. No, I plan to, um, I like him. He's such a, a unique character. 
and not just talking about C-3PO, Anthony. Uh, he's just, he's been in all of them. It's so interesting. And what a great uh, perspective he can give us. Yeah. Because he's been through it. I mean, that's, they're all different. Each trilogy has been completely different. Yeah. And he's got a lot to say about all of them. I mean, I, I maybe, maybe about 40% of the way through it. So th- the brunt of it has been uh, the first two movies. Yeah. But he does kind of allude to things that happen in the future, a la the, the prequels and such. And I'm fully expecting what with J.J. Uh, Abrams narrating his intro, uh, that there's going to be some sequel trilogy stuff. And that's pretty exciting. That is neat. Um, C-3PO's big right now. I mean, he's kind of at the at the center of the speculation, at least in my world. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I mean, well, what with him holding Chewie's bandolier and what? Whatnot, yeah, it's a big you know, deal like, for you. Yeah, like, what the <laughs> hell? Josh, we are nine days away I know. From, seeing, <laughs> from seeing the Rise of Skywalker, buddy. <laughs> On a Thursday. Nine days. By the time this comes out, it's going to be even less. Oh. Five days away. Dude. If it's Saturday. <laughs> Thanks for helping me with that small math problem. You know how oh, I am with subtraction. It's going to be awesome. Uh, it's just, God. The last one. I mean, it's not the last Star Wars movie, but I mean, come on. You never know. It could be. I doubt it. It could tank. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's always a possibility, but I highly doubt it. Yeah. The odds of that happening are low. Very low. C-3PO. Speaking of C-3PO and the bandolier, um, just yesterday, I got a text from Eden and let me tell you, man, it was about the, the Chew, or not the Chewbacca, the C-3PO Target exclusive figure with the, the bandolier, the, the six inch black series and the little Babu Frick in there that we were looking at like yeah, 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 yeah. months ago. It's got the bowcaster too, didn't he? Or is that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this just came out and Eden was at a Target and she sent me as, as my good wife always does. If she's at a store with a toy aisle, she sends me a picture of the toy aisle. <laughs> like if we're on, on the break and I'm looking at it and I'm like, C-3PO, what? Is that a C-3PO? <laughs> and um, I'm like, I haven't seen that. And so she sends, she says, you don't, you wouldn't want it. It's all banged up. I'm like, it just came out today. How could it be banged up? Lo and behold, man, the corners are all jagged. Oh no. Like what's, what the hell, man? What the hell, Target? It's been out for one day. How is a figure up on the top rack all jacked to pieces? Probably because it was in the bottom of the box. Kids are not that freaking tall. It's not a kid's fault. It's clearly Target's fault. Right. An adult. An adult did this. Welcome to Jam Transmissions, episode 55. Once again, not brought to you by Target. (laughs) I'm telling you, man. I was I was like there were two of them right and I said well it, what about the other one she's like it's 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 a little bit better it's a little better I said would I buy it she said no you would not buy it <laughs> so I was like fuck damn it and I didn't know what to do but I had to have it right so what do you think I did I you bought it 
Oh Did, no, no, no. I couldn't. I couldn't have a piece of trash hanging on my wall. Are you kidding well, me? I didn't say hang it on your wall. That one you could take out. <laughs> well, would you? you then I, yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, you could play with that one. But I'm freaking out because this is a Target exclusive, and I hate going to Target. So I'm like, this might be my only chance. So Eden, she comes up with a solution because I'm sitting there just freaking out, just. You know, because I'm weird about figures. <laughs> and uh, and she orders one um, for delivery. Because, you know, if they order it to pick up, they're just going to go pick up one of those trash ones. And I was right. just like, don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> so we've got one coming. It's kind of like playing the lottery. You might get a piece of trash. If we get a trashy one, then the hunt will continue. But still, man. Well, enough about Target. I uh, I did, however, get a couple of new Power of the Force 2 Lukes in the mail. Oh. Yeah, some positive. Uh, I think last week we were talking <laughs> about the bidding wars that I was doing, and I, yeah. I do have a couple on the way. Uh, one, the, the two-pack did show up, and it, one was the Luke Stormtrooper. But here's the really interesting part about the Luke Skywalker in the white robe. I got one that had... A, sm- a short lightsaber inside of the the blister that is actually meant to hold the short lightsaber. Oh. Did you know that after they made those ginormous long ones that were taller than the damn figures, yeah. that they still used part of the blister that was made for the, the, big the long lightsaber, but put short ones in there? I think I had one of those. It wasn't Luke. Maybe Obi-Wan. Right on. So that makes that makes three Lukes that I have to have <laughs> of that same one. And that makes three Lukes of each Luke that has a lightsaber that I have to have. And with the Stormtrooper Luke and the Shadows of the Empire Luke, that makes 11 Lukes I'm going to have on my wall. Luke. I'm not even the biggest Luke Skywalker fan. I'm, this is a problem. <laughs> You ever think about talking to us about like a, a doctor about something? <laughs> Not about figures. This stuff actually makes me happy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> so I tell you what, man, um, you, you know how I've always told you that I wanted to watch Rogue One immediately followed by A New Hope? Yeah. It's just like something I've never done before because oh, you really? know me in movies. Um, yeah. So I finally, this past weekend, had an opportunity to sit down and try it. And I made it halfway through Rogue One and I was like, I need to take a break. <laughs> um, it's crazy. I, I love the I love the movies. That's not what I'm saying. It's it's the the ADD, I'm telling you. Anyways, uh I decided to come up with something that I could do to fix the problem. So I went 20 minutes before the end of Rogue One, and then I watched it, immediately lined up a new hope. And watch 20 minutes of that. Yeah. And um, it was really interesting because a lot of people have said that it transitions really well. It, it, it does. It's, um, have you done this, Josh? Yep. Yeah. Uh, not like shortly after Rogue One came out, like yeah. on DVD or whatever. Uh, yeah, we, we had to. Yeah, yeah. It I mean, neat. it makes sense. I, I wish I could do that kind sit of down stuff. and do it <laughs> yeah it, it's tough more stuff to sit down and talk about while i'm cuddling my toys um 
you know, something that I thought was really cool this time watching Rogue One, it's funny how once you, once you get into the supplemental material like we've been doing, mm-hmm. you start to pick certain people out in the crowd. Like on Jeddah, you know, we, we had recently read um, Ashes of Jeddah from the Star Wars comic main series. And do you remember the central isopters, like that death cult? Yeah. Dude, there was a couple of them walking around Jeddah in the movie. Yeah. I've never noticed that before. So that was really cool. Like, it, it it's crazy, guys. If you don't read the supplemental material, I mean, you're missing it, out. there's, yeah, you're missing out. There's, there's a wealth of, I don't know, man. It just, it just makes the, the movie more rich to me. I, I've got to agree. Like, there's so much good stuff out there that it's just, it's almost doing yourself a disservice not checking all of it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I definitely do. Oh, and that goes back to Pam, how she's reading all this stuff. Um, she, She's on, um, what is she on right now? Black Spire. And she's sitting here in the, the kitchen, and I can hear it going on, and it's uh, Vi's going through some crap, and I'll hear a... Uh, Easy there, emergency break. And Pam's like, <laughs> oh my God, Josh, I love this Archick's redemption story. Yeah. She's like, Mike, it's just so good. She's like, this needed to happen. And she had read Phasma too, which, you know, our discussion, uh, mm-hmm. like what, 15 episodes ago? Like, that's something I think you would need to do to really ground the story in. Uh, she did that. And then, um, what was the other one we thought we should read before Black Spire? Not, oh, not uh, Black Spire, but we had another another setup. Oh, uh, Master and Apprentice and Dooku. Yeah, but there was something else. though, I'm thinking. Oh yeah, this last one, Resistance Reborn, and the Aftermath trilogy, of course. Oh yeah, stuff like that, and in Bloodlines. And, yeah, and something and like. <laughs> God, we've read a lot of crap this year. Not it's been crap, a good year. Things we've read a lot of things this year. We've read a read a lot of excellent pieces of crap. I will tell you that much. Yeah. Smells like roses. <laughs> Golden turds everywhere. Golden um, turds all over my shelves, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> oh, we sound oh. like we're terrible fans. No, it's it's awesome, man. It's uh. Oh, I'm finally starting to feel the coffee. I'm speaking of Phasma drinking Colombian, 100% Colombian out of my Captain Phasma mug. Oh, nice. How many people have Phasma mugs out there? I, I can't uh, imagine there are many. I'm not one of them. <laughs> I don't know. I just didn't care much for her armor. Oh, man. I thought it was great. I had the chrome, I'm not a chrome fan. I mean, it's why I have a black motorcycle. It's just. Oh, that makes sense. It's not my thing. Now, if it was all like, like colored, I don't know. Pyre, I can go with the gold. It's a little different. Reminds me of Bond, but um, <laughs> I love red. gold. <laughs> Reminds me of Austin <laughs> Powers. <laughs> Smelting accident. Um, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to derail you. Go on about um, Bond. Uh, no, the red one. Von Rig. Von Rig's armor was awesome. Especially it being like a pilot's helmet. That was really cool, too. I like that. Yeah. That kind of stuff is neat. Yeah. Yeah. Chrome is just kind of... Eh. Yeah. I 
I appreciate it when it's new and well cared for, especially on a vehicle. Um, I, I gotta say though, like, <clears throat> you know, we work in a, in a automobile factory yeah. and every once in a while you see a Chrome accessory go by. And every time that I see one show up in my parts box, I'm not lying to you. I say under my breath, FN2187. <laughs> every time, every time. This is why people think, you know what? Maybe I should go talk to somebody. <laughs> Everybody's been telling me this. He's like, he's talking to himself again. Oh, I've just kind of grown used to it. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you, ma'am. So I, you know, I've, I've been saying I don't hop on Twitter too terribly much um, besides to post and to respond to notifications for jam transmissions. Just yeah. out of fear. We're so close to the rise of Skywalker and I still haven't been spoiled yet. Um, the thing is, man, is, uh, when I pop it on, I can't help but notice, you know, the first tweets that I see and I saw one and forgive me, I I cannot remember who it was that said this, but it was soon after this most recent episode of, uh, Mandalorian came out chapter five, the gunslinger. Yeah. And sometimes one tweet can kind of let me know, or at least give me an idea of what some of the discourse is Mm. about a thing. And this was a defensive tweet of chapter five. And I was surprised that defense was needed because I don't know. How did you feel about it? Did you like it? Dude, I fucking loved it. As did I. As did I. So apparently there's a lot of people that did not like it for whatever reason. And um, saying it was too fan servicey and the like. but. The, the point of the tweet was, it said, locking in and attacking, and it actually said, so-called, quote-unquote, positive fans for basically taking a poodoo on this episode, on, day, on Dave Filoni all of a sudden, just because of however they felt about this episode. Huh. And I was very surprised by that, because um, the, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I know we've got... We always share our opinions on the show, and I, I oh, like yeah. to think that that we are uh, we're very positive fans. And Josh, I don't think that in order to be a positive fan, that you have to like everything. No. And I think that that if people are if this is discourse is actually going on, and if it's making you feel some type of way, uh, perhaps maybe take a step back and realize that it's it's true. Like. If I liked everything, <laughs> I would be a robot. Yes. I would not be a positive fan. I wouldn't be a fan. I would be a robot. And and I don't want to be a part of Skynet. Right. <laughs> like, here. here we go again. <laughs> I always bring up Skynet. I'm trying to tell you. You might as well just go ahead and, and watch Terminator on repeat because that is your reality. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, there went the positivity. No. <laughs> <laughs> No, all jokes aside, man, it's uh, it's yeah. very interesting. What, what do you think about this, dude? I think I'm a extremely positive fan, and I can't stand Rose Tico. It's just I just don't care for her character. I just don't like her right now. In the comics, she was better. In the book, she was better. But she, to me, I have an issue with her because she seems like wasted potential. And I want to see. I I don't like her now, and I hated her in Cantabite scene, but. I think there could be more for her. I just don't like her at the moment. That's fine. There's a lot of 
I don't like there, Leia's whiningness. Han being an idiot. Like there's a lot of stuff in Star Wars I don't agree with. I don't like Emperor Palpatine. No, he's a dick. <laughs> he's a shriveled old jerk. To keep it away from fallacy, he's just yeah. He's he's. Dick. Um, I don't know the chrome armor. We just discussed this. But I'm not saying like Last Jedi was stupid cause, or Force Awakens was garbage because Phasma's got chrome armor. No. It just, yeah. That's not my armor choice. That's fine. I can have an opinion and still be a positive light in the fandom, which is, I think, what we try to do. Yeah. We're very real. Um, we agree with each other a lot. I think just because we have like the same, we're like-minded individuals. Yeah. I think what it all comes down to, man, is... Being critical of something, of a piece of art, mm-hmm. does not mean that you are approaching it in a negative light. No. I think that that's what, what really stood out to me. And, and just this one little tweet, I was just like, huh. And I'm sorry <laughs> if I'm subtweeting somebody. I'm doing an audio subtweet of something somebody said. I swear to you, I just have no idea who it is. Right. And if if it represents um, anything in the in a current state of mind of any of our listeners, um not trying to change your mind, but I, I think that it's, uh, I think you can still be positive and not liking something particular. Yeah. yeah. And there's no problem. That's being human. And Hey, all dude, we, everybody has a bad day and not everybody's going to like everything ever. So it's, don't be ashamed of it or try to attack somebody for not agreeing with you. Hell, like we have stuff we don't agree on, but that's fine. You're a human. I'm one. I, you Are know, you sure about that? Not all the time, but most of the time, yeah. How do you know we're not all locked in the Skynet? What if what if we're in the Matrix? What if we took the red pill, Josh? If I took a pill to be somewhere else, I definitely wouldn't get like a stomach virus on occasion. So <laughs> fair I mean, enough. I, just, I, I wouldn't let that happen. All right. Yeah, you've you've you're right. I'm a human. That just that just made it right right there. Okay, well, in in some positive light, mm-hmm. with all of that in mind, um, I don't think we're going to be very critical of episode five of the Mandalorian because it seems like we both really liked it. <laughs> I enjoyed it a lot. I mean, so this might be a, a bit of a fangirling session <laughs> because you know what? It was fan service and it was awesome. <laughs> I didn't mind it at all. Well, let's do this, man. Let's go Let's in. do this. It's time. It's time for my favorite segment of 2019. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's time. So out of all of our listeners probably hate this. I don't care. This has probably been my favorite soundbite all year. <laughs> oh the uh the live action the live action yeah it is just so <laughs> stupidly fun <laughs> uniquely kentucky well it's hilarious because it came up as a joke it's oh <laughs> yeah, no, yeah nobody was serious about this shit, and here it is <laughs> i think that's the best part it's so funny we were trying to come up with we knew we were going to want to talk about the mandalorian on well at least eight episodes right. and um yeah <laughs> i said we got to come up with a little segue man and that w- that just got thrown out by Josh, and I was like, "Yeah, that'd be funny." And then it just kind of like it dawned on me in the same way that that 
that Toro, like it dawned on Toro in, in this episode. It's like, dude, <laughs> we're going to do this. <laughs> it was, um, it was a lot of fun to make. I downloaded so many different turtle, turtle man, man calls, <laughs> like so many different. I was sitting there just like, it was like I had a casting call of turtle man calls and, <laughs> and I found the ones that I liked. Next. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, you're not Live action. <laughs> Next. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you're it was in. a delight. It was Perfect. a delight. So this episode started with something that we were con- um, considering very early in the uh, second trailer, and that was that yellow Shit. ship yeah. that we thought was uh, Nubian. Which was so different looking now that we got to see it, and it was still yellow. Yeah, I think it's a type of ship that we've never seen before um, yeah. because it had the four um, exhaust ports, kind of mm-hmm. like an X-Wing. Yeah. But it was flat, like they right. had like four sets of wings too, the or uh, two sets of wings. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty freaking cool. I liked it. I really liked the the way that he looked, like all of the the painting on his yeah. uh, zero G mask and all that looked very much like Maverick from Top Gun. It was very Top Gun until he got blown up. So how about, as far as some good old fan service, how about that targeting computer? Oh, man, that was awesome. Just seeing that stuff, it was a callback. That was so cool. How simple. I love the practical effects and stuff, and just all this. The way they're doing this is perfect for my my niche of fandom. You know, like, this is just so good. I don't know how to freaking say it. Like this is just this is the shell of about Star Wars. This is what it is. I mean, the, it's just the old the Tantooine. Like I said, if I could be a freaking stormtrooper, I'd be a sand trooper. This is what we're seeing. We finally and we got a name uh, Navarro. That was pretty neat. Jumping way ahead there. Sorry. Oh, you're good, buddy. I mean, we can talk about whatever. This is what I love about Star Wars. This is the stuff I like. Yeah, man. So yeah, speaking of sand troopers and Tatooine. We finally get to see Tatooine, and that answers a question, a little bit of speculation that we had before. What yeah. we now know as Navarro, we thought that it was a volcanic, cataclysmic, post-cataclysm Tatooine at the time. <laughs> that was, it was a really, really neat idea, but... It's a stretch. <laughs> Tatooine is is good. Man, that oh, would yeah. have been some cool storytelling, though. It almost seems better than it's ever been. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah... The ship ends up landing in Bay th- 35. Yep. And that was pretty cool. The uh, the control room guy, the air controller guy was uh, Steve Bloom. Mm-hmm. Which is I noticed neat. that in the credits. So I know that Eden lost her freaking mind when she saw the pit droids. Oh, I bet. So we got those three pit droids. And <laughs> first thing Mando does is shoot at the ground. <laughs> right. And they all just boom, like immediately cap up hit him on the nose (laughs) so he's got 500 imperial credits to um basically fix a fuel leak and all this other crap that was wrong with his ship a lot of carbon scoring i'd say you were just in a fight right which is um several it's happened several times the big line though was what uh luke to r2d2 wasn't it right when he picked up the droid he's cleaning him in the the thing Oh, you got a lot of carbon scoring in here. You guys yeah. have seen a lot of action. Yeah. 
With all we've been through, I'm surprised we're in as good a condition as we are, sir. Sir Luke. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, yeah, man, we finally get to see the trooper helmets on the spikes. That was awesome. Yeah. No empire allowed. No. Um, that one helmet kind of hanging off there looked like it took a vibra blade to the eye. Yes. That was badass. What could have done that? Because it's not a blaster. My mind went to a Gamorrean axe. Oh. Yeah. Whatever it was, it was big and it looked like it hurt. Oh, yeah. That that was probably like the shot that did it. (laughs) Yeah. So right after that, we see that, that Mando goes into a cantina. Now, this is clearly... Chowman's Spaceport Cantina from A New Hope. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Now, fun fact. Droids weren't allowed? Well, of course not. But (laughs) fun fact is it's owned by a Wookiee. Really? Yeah, Chowman's a Wookiee. Huh, didn't know that. I forget what book that was in. You're right, we've read a lot of books. And it was either either the, the Certain Point of View book or Aftermath, something like that. Huh. It might. Oh, that's aftermath. Yeah. That's aftermath. Cause that new sheriff guy and that little interlude went to that cantina. So this was a bit of an interesting moment for me seeing this cantina because, you know, mm. we've been talking about brushing up on our Orabesh and, um, I took a screenshot of the script that was above where he went into. Yeah. And did you translate that at all, Josh? No, I didn't. I didn't have time for all that. It's all good, man. I'm going to send this to you real quick. I'm just going to text this to you right now because I want you to look at this and tell me what in the hell is going on with this. What are those letters? So the first one is a B. Now, here's the thing. I cannot translate the rest of it because the rest of it is not freaking Arabesh. It's literally not. It's not even italicized Arabesh. No. Now, if you look above the first and the third letter, it's got like these three dots above it. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering if this is some sort of different script, like a a Hatties. I don't know, Maybe. though, because like... There's four letters there. One's clearly not visible, but I mean, you can see it just in the corner there. Yeah. So what's going on there? Like that's that's a mystery. That's a new mystery for us. Let's see. So that's that's really interesting though, isn't it? Now that's I, so I, weird. I pulled up my uh, my Arabesh translator that I keep, which is basically just the letters to um, yeah. English alphabet, and it's nothing, man. Literally just the B's. Is is it? So I'm like, does it? Is it bar? But. It's it's a mystery, man. So we're gonna have to look into that, and hopefully, hopefully, we'll get some more answers on that. Yeah, because that shouldn't be. That one letter looks familiar. Yeah, like the G looking letter. I'm telling you, man. You pull up, you pull it up. It, you're not gonna find one that looks just like it. All it's oh. gonna do is create more questions. I'm close, yeah. Right. I don't know what that is. <laughs> so, to our listeners, if you guys have any idea what's going on with that script, that Orabesh or whatever it is, let us know. So, Josh, you actually said no droids were allowed back then. Right. 
but now it's ran by droids. Very obviously ran by droids. And uh, there's a special droid in there. Oh, yeah. Now, do you think that's the one, Josh? I'm guessing you're talking about R5-D4. I think it is. The color is. And why not? Why wouldn't he be? Because the coloration and everything is the same. And if we're going to go fan service with this same Cantina on Tatooine, why would he not? Right. Now, he was supposed to go find the Rebel Alliance in a certain point of view. Like yeah. Once he started to utilize his own will after blowing, blowing or pretending the to motivator. have a bad motivator, yeah. he, he developed his own will to go and, and find the Rebel Alliance. So that's interesting. It, it's a little more world building. If he's there, who else is there? What has he done? It, it, why is he still there? You know what I mean? Did he help? Yeah. Did he help drag them there and like vanquish the huts and the imperial rule? Like there was, huh? That'd be so cool if he had a hand in that. So that's really interesting that you bring that up because uh, the droid behind the bar, or one of the droids mm-hmm. behind the bar, he says that the bounty guild no longer operates on from Tatooine. Right. So they moved. Right. And my first thought was, is that because Jabba's dead? Yeah, I'd say. But, well, actually, we can just go ahead and and say what happens next, and then we'll come right back to that. Because I don't think it did have anything to do with the Huts. Um, We meet Toro. And he's this young young buck named Toro Calican. Right. And what's he got in his hand? Is that what you're going with? Well, no, but I did notice that he had a little Republic medallion, right? Is that... Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, New Republic credit. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Um, it was more about the bounty puck that he had. Now, this was for Shenick Fand. What can you tell us about Shenick Fand? Fennec Shand. <laughs> Fennec Shand. Which is hilarious. I had to listen to you twice to make sure you it wouldn't... I was like, did I lose Josh? No, I'm just being no. an idiot. Fennec Shan. <laughs> Fennec Shan. My apologies, uh, everybody. What can I tell you? She's Milan. Uh She's also Agent uh, something, May, maybe, in um, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, right on. She has uh, got a freaking awesome helmet. She is a sniper. Elite. What do you call her? An elite mercenary. Yeah. yeah. She's a damn assassin. But what what's really interesting is how the Mandalorian says that she killed even for the huts. Yeah. And so that's what makes me think that the bounty guild is separate from the hut cartel. And that's interesting. Yeah. So why? Which, I mean, what would make sense? Yeah. So, so why, why, why do they not operate from Tatooine anymore? How long have they not operated? Jabba hired Boba. So yeah, obviously they're not the same thing. For some reason, I seem to think that there's not just one bounty guild. And well, I don't know why, not. but that's just where my head's at. It's a loose, uh, kind of like outlaw-ran organization. So why would there not be multiple guilds, I guess? Or just, you know, multiple different organizations you got like the black sun and all that you know all these crime syndicates so why would there not be different bounties bounty guilds interesting and i could just be having a weird oversight on a single line but right. but i mean it's it's kind of where Is my head's at how now some of this shit works though you know there's always this these little we think they're throwaway lines and obviously they're not they're, they'll come back and be 
a whole friggin' movie about it, or they'll write a book about this one little line. Yeah. Well, we find out about this Fennec Shand. <laughs> She's headed for the Dune Sea, and uh, he agrees to help this this little young puck, young buck. You know what's really interesting, Josh. And before we go on, I got I got to throw something else out here because I know you're a big fan of westerns. You've said yeah. that a lot. I kind of started thinking after I watched this, I finally got my second viewing in last night before we recorded. And I was like, you know, I know about John Ford, but I don't know like from watching his stuff, like who he is. I just know that George Lucas thought that he was like a big influence and stuff like that. A lot of the John Wayne movies I hadn't seen. Yeah. And I know you're, you, you've probably seen a lot of them, right? Some of them. Um, I wasn't a big Wayne fan. Uh, the Eastwoods were my my go tos for westerns. Okay, so we were we were about in the same same line of thought then. So i I started doing a little bit of research on what films that he, that being Mister Lucas and um, Coppola and Spielberg, like what was the iconic Ford films that really stood out to them. And all the signs were pointed to one called The Searchers from 1956. And so, let me tell you, man, I watched it last night. I actually stayed up a little bit later and made it through this uh, two-hour movie. Mm. And I got to say, dude, there's such a correlation, not just with Star Wars in that thing, but also this episode. <laughs> and I kind of recommend it. And it. Like if you watch it, you're going to see things. Um, and I, I don't want to spoil too much because if you haven't seen it, you haven't seen it, right? The, no, I've seen this one. You have seen the searchers. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that entire scene where the Comanche com- like raid party just completely massacres yeah. that family. Dude, that's what Luke walked into with uncle Owen and aunt Baru. Yeah. Like it's almost identical the way that it's shot. <laughs> it like freaking blew my mind, dude. And um just the whole scene like all the wide shots that you see yeah. in in the the Texas de- desert or parts of Arizona and all that. Mm-hmm. That is freaking Tatooine in the Dune Sea. Oh yeah. But the fact that he had this little guy he was working with, he didn't really want to work with him, but he was now it, who is right. Who is wrong in certain like aspects of this. Um, it's kind of up for interpretation because there's revenge bits that allude to like attack of the clones or hero's journey and stuff like that. And John Wayne's part doesn't really, um, that's not really hero's journey stuff. No. In that movie. But I thought that it was really interesting, and I think that I found, and this just like this is, might just be me being the nigh and numb hits blunt meme. But <laughs> the second homestead that they go to was owned by Lars Jorgensen. Oh yeah, and, and there was a, oh yeah, th- he had a letter for John Wayne's character. I think his name was Ethan, and it had a strip of calico like from a dress for the little girl that they were looking for. Yeah. And his, his bull, his prize bull was killed. And this character's called Toro Calican. I don't know, dude. Nyan right. Rum hit so many blunts while he was watching the searchers. <laughs> like, it's funny. 
I don't know. What do you think about that? Do you think I'm just grasping no, for straws or do you think Dave Filoni was writing a love letter to George Lucas, which would basically be writing a love letter to that, which influenced George Lucas. Right. Um, dude, I mean, what's, what's the quote? All art is stolen. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it's, it's just the way this works and why not? It, Filoni is, George is Filoni's idol as far as like filmography and storytelling and how this works. Of course, I mean, if you're going to pay a tribute to your um, mentor, do it in the ways that he knows to search things out. Like this is this influenced you, so I'm going to use this. I mean, that would be perfect. Yeah, I, I would say yeah, like Toro Calican, like Bull Calico, like it. It's almost too obvious. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. My jaw hit the floor, man. It's like going back earlier, what we talked about. This is the stuff I love about Star Wars. It's just, this is perfect. <laughs> because it's, I mean, it's just a throwback to the original. And I love the original trilogy more than I think I do the other two. This one hasn't wrapped up yet, so we'll find out. But it's just, as far as the story, you know, there's so much to it. And this is older cinema. This is drawing inspiration from things that you've got in the there was no internet or you know it was just basically research and what influenced you growing up this is what you're going to do to make movies and this is how george he found movies that really spoke to him so this is how he decided you know i'm going to make movies this way just like tarantino they say he steals a lot of his stuff and puts them into his movies well it's just kind of like paying an homage to the artist before him and he makes it his own. But even he said, you know, all of my stuff is stolen. But it's still his. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. It's the way George did it. Look at all these uh, Seven Samurai and shit like that. I mean, it's just, it, you can see it in all of these movies. But, you know, it's still Star Wars. Like, it's it's just freaking awesome. How How could this not be what Filoni was doing? Yeah. I agree 100%, man, because Filoni, as being a student of George Lucas, is a student of those films as well. I mean, he he is in his own right an excellent. He has his own flavor as oh, well yeah. that's separate from sure. George. Um, but even before, like, I didn't know that this was a Filoni episode while I was watching it. And very soon into it, Eden said, this has got to be Dave Filoni's second episode. Yeah. And you know what? It's absolutely right. I don't care. I don't care about anything that anyone says about this being too fan servicey. I thought it was. Uh, I don't think fan service is a bad thing. It's a tribute, I think. Yeah. Well, that could also be from me being an anime fan, and well, we love us some fan service. <laughs> well, that's a different kind of fan service. But <laughs> <laughs> so to kind of get back to this episode. With this long, big, long shots, man. Um, instead of Native Americans, we we come into contact with the Tuscan Raiders. Yeah. Now it, we went it went a lot different in the Searchers, and obviously, right. uh, what is it that Dis- <laughs> Disney Plus says in uh, when when there's older cinema, there may be culturally insensitive material here. Yes, there's yeah. culturally insensitive material in practically every John Wayne film I've ever seen. <laughs> no, you're kidding. Where? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that being said, 
I don't want to make too close of a connection, but visually, this is what it was. And let me tell you, man, I I knew there were going to be Banthas and Tuscans before we saw Banthas and Tuscans, before I noticed the Banthas, the small Banthas. Um, I heard it in the muted trumpets. I am a huge fan of that. Like, I mean, just listen to the comic book corner segue that I created. It's, (laughs) I love it, man. I love (laughs) the sound of muted trumpets used in a way to sound like an alien culture. Like it is nuts and it's awesome. So what did you think about the communication with the Tuscan Raiders? It was incredible. Yes, it was. It was, it was, it was just incredible. And, And dude, again, this is a damn Western. I mean, the Mandalorian's awesome, but that's exactly what this is. This is growing up old school cinema. It's freaking unbelievable. And this is the coolest thing about Star Wars is it takes so much stuff from real life and it throws it in there. This is the communication, the hand signals, you know, and the reverence that the Mandalorian's character had for the Raiders, whether, and he knows they're, they're ruthless. They're crazy. You know, they call them monsters and animals and whatever else. He understands that, but he also understands like, this is their culture. This is their land. Yeah. They think that we are the ones that are trespassing. Right. So he's smart enough. He can see this. Then you got this young kid who is almost every guy that ends up double crossing your hero in almost every freaking old school Western or, um, Hell, just movie period. You know, when you've got something like this, even the old samurai movies, you've got the young swordsman who's just a complete dumbass. Yeah, yeah, you do. Screw shit. Up. This is this is him. This is Toro Calican. He he's a throwaway character for sure. He's like, yeah, let me you know tell them whatever they can think what they want. I tell them different. He's like, well, you can tell them to their face. <laughs> it was awesome. And, and then you got that screech. I oh. love it. I do too, man. It was, it was sick. It was absolutely sick. So do do you think that that is a sign language uh, for basic, or do you think that this is a very specific thing made for Tuscans speaking with, uh, with humans? I think that's it. The latter. Yeah. It it seemed very much because we haven't seen it anywhere else. And you know that we've, we've seen other species that can't really speak basic. So they have to have like an adapter or whatever else on their face or, you know, that kind of shit. Yeah. And this has never been brought up. And, you know, we've never talked to Tuscans, but we've seen Obi-Wan throwing his hands out. You know, was he trying to act like a monster? I mean, dude, like, come on. So this guy in a robe (laughs) is coming out. So, and he's throwing his hands up doing this weird shit. So was he, was he acting like a monster or was he actually telling them something in their language that says, dude, I'm going to pick you up. You know, you know what I mean? Like they know who he is. That's not, that's not a scary monster sound. They know who he is. And we know that from the comics too. So now was he communicating back up, you know, flail your arms around. This means get out of here. Very, very interesting. So, Dude loses uh loses his binox. Yeah, those are brand new. They were. <laughs> you know everything that the Mandalorian says, I freaking love. Um, there's just something about so little. Yeah, and, and, you know, I think I think we've actually said this on the episode a time or two before. How 
can he act so well with a mask on and to where you can know what's going on there? And you know what? I don't know why it's, it's because I'm reading the damn C3PO book right now, but what about C3PO? The same, right? He's a freaking droid and his face, his face has no expression except that nervous look. <laughs> Wipe that nervous expression off your face. But we get so much from him and just uh, his entire movements matching his vocals. And it, it, the Mandalorian's the same, the same thing. <laughs> and he says, I'll try. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe that nervous expression off your face. I'll try. <laughs> nervous. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, he does. He looks shocked. We get to see a do-back. You love you some do-backs. Yes. Uh, very well done. Finally. <laughs> um, yeah, that was so cool. I love that shot. That's probably my favorite shot from the whole thing, uh, the whole episode. Where they're over the, um, just right over that dune looking over? No, when uh, the Mandalorian's riding it, and it's like the, the oh. camera's the low angle, and it's coming up, you get to see the half the dewback's face and then the Mando's on top of it. Yeah. And just kind of sky in the background like that. That little shot is awesome. Yeah. That or uh bright eyes coming out of the, the ship on the ramp by himself. That was kind of funny too. <laughs> That's also a very he looked good one. Really sleepy. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, dude, what the hell? Where's my daddy? I had a bad name. Have you seen my daddy? <laughs> Who are you lady? <laughs> So that dewback is dragging another bounty hunter with a tracking fob, and it was yeah. beeping those loud proximity sounds. So mm-hmm. that's when Mando knows. Like, oh, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and he gets shot by an MK modified rifle sniper bolt. Nice. And it, he's he's fine <laughs> because of the Beskar. <laughs> But I'm, I'm not, not wearing, wearing any. <laughs> See, it was it was a very quotable episode, wasn't it? It was. It was so good. And yeah, whatever fan service, who gives a shit? It was so good. <laughs> so, how about the plan once they wait until night to use the flash shots in alternate blasts? So we blasts? see this. This was in uh the trailer, one of the trailers. We're thinking, you know, what the hell? Almost reminds you of Corellia, you know, when he's on the speeder bike, kind of going sideways. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, we're trying to figure out who this guy was. Okay, he's the bag. Now, <laughs> so we finally got the answer. This really irritated me, too, because he had a very simple plan. We'll mm. we'll fire the flash shots with alternate blasts. Yep. And. What's this idiot do? Freaking Jerry Seinfeld's little brother fucked up the rotation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, he went one. One. Yep. And then Mando got blasted. Like shot it. He shot it in the ground. All he had to do was shoot it up. Yeah. But no, he wants to shoot it straight. Yeah. It was. It was. It was ridiculous. Don't hand him Roman candles. He'll shoot you with them. <laughs> what about when Fennec was looking at the Beskar, looking at the Mandalorian after she shot him? Did you notice that the Beskar shows like a heat signature? The entire yeah. thing on the infrared spectrum. Mm-hmm. Do you think? that that's a trait of the metal or do you think that what it does is um, spreads the impact across it? Like instead of just being like real hard and strong, what it does is it dissipates uh force. So it's like vibranium from the Marvel universe. Yeah. Interesting, yeah. right? Well, I mean, and 
dude, he took his like the chest plate off, and there's like mechan there's uh, electronics and shit under there. Like there's yeah. a power system. So yeah, I mean, why would it not? It it's a very dense metal, but I mean that would make sense if it absorbs the shock and, and disperses it. Yeah. yeah, fascinating, fascinating. That was just something I thought about. <laughs> like it would have to be connected one way or another, then not just each piece being different. So if it has an electric current going through it, it's going to show up brighter on the infrared spectrum. Or just a magnetic field. Interesting. Uh, Things that will keep me up tonight. Great. (laughs) So whenever, um, whenever Fennec is fighting Toro, like that was sick. Got a little kung fu. kicking his ass. Yes. And I finally got that arm bar that I wanted. (laughs) I really expected it from, uh, from Kara. Yes, I know, right? Yeah. Uh well, I mean, she's not done. So all this all this show does, man, is it has me it basically just shows me what I'm not expecting. Right. Every time. I am so surprised every time anything freaking happens on this show. <laughs> I have no idea what's gonna happen, Josh. I didn't expect Fennec Shan to be in this one. And where's Carlos's character, you know? Yeah, that's coming up soon. Like, what yeah, if that's a finale? Next. Oh, maybe it could be. He's got to get him one of those. And you saw in the trailer, he's got the jetpack. So, yeah. How's he get that? And eventually, we've got to run away from uh, all these stormtroopers with uh, Apollo Grief behind him. Yeah. Uh, there's a shootout with. And that looks like it happens Cardin. on Tatooine. Right. It does very much. Cara Dune's got a big old uh, shock rifle that she hasn't used yet in a, a lot of these little trailer snippets. So she's coming back. Um, I think we're going to see more IG. Yeah. 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 So there's three episodes left. Yeah. There's going to be some big stuff. And I don't think we've seen the last of uh, Fennec Shand either. Oh, dude, she's dead as a doornail, dude. I don't know. She took a freaking blaster bolt blaster to bolt. the stomach. Yeah, well, so did like. And she laid seven. in the freaking desert all day while she so was did, dead. She's dead, uh, dead. What's her face? Um, She's deader than Snoke, man. <laughs> what, a, what a weird character he turned out to be. Like, what? what was the point? Like he fulfilled nothing. He done nothing. He was just this crazy looking scarred up guy in really nice pajamas. I'm sure we'll learn a little something more. But Oh, there has to be, but for now. So we already we just talked about how Toro shot her then. So that that's yeah. that's a real simple situation. And I gotta say, man, um shall we just go ahead and hop to the end of this one? Because I wanna freaking talk about it. Yeah. Okay. You see these legs walk up and you hear the sound of spurs. But I, you know, I, I did what I do. I took pictures and zoomed in. I Mm -hmm. didn't see any spurs. So no, that's the thing. Yeah. So what's jingling? (laughs) Maybe he's got a pocket full of credits. Could be. So who do you think this is? It's either. Oh, Probability wise, it's probably Carlos Espio's character. 
um what's the what's the name moth something gideon yes it that's probably who it is he's probably kind of patrolling what i hope it is is the sheriff from the aftermath trilogy now that's something i hadn't considered I'm going to go ahead and say that I don't think it's Moff Gideon because of the coat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Is it it colored different? Well, didn't Moff Gideon, wasn't he just wearing, wasn't he just wearing Death Trooper armor? He was wearing like some kind of weird, I wouldn't call it Death Trooper armor, but it was something, it it was black. Let me pull up a picture real quick. But he's got all kinds of weird shit on. Like it's pretty ornate. And he's got this big old um, cloak or something. Man, it looks just like it looks just like armor. And uh, when he's he's flying, it, he looks just like he's just wearing armor. I don't think it is, but I like where you went with um, with the sheriff. Yeah, that's interesting. Who do you think it is, dude? My first thought was Cad Bane. Yeah, would he still be alive though at this point? Well, we don't know how they age, you're right. The thing is, we were shown footage at uh, Star Wars Celebration Orlando in a very particular panel with Pablo Hidalgo and Dave Filoni, where it was unfinished footage of what was going to happen between a shoot-off between Cad Bane and Boba Fett. And and Boba Fett got his, his helmet blown off. Yeah. You did all you saw was Boba Fett's helmet fall to the ground. It was shot really cool. It was mostly storyboard stuff. But um dude, the coat. It yeah. could be the coat and I don't know. Uh what I do think though is that whoever it is, they're supposed to be meeting up with Fennec Shand and Mos Espa. That's who I think that was was her contact. Probably. So maybe they were meeting up to to like at some arcade in most Espa, and that's why his pockets are jingling full of credits. Yeah, it's an arcade. He's totally playing games. <laughs> That'd be neat. I wonder who the contact's supposed to be. Well, that's who I think it is. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think that she missed her appointment, and he came out looking for her. <laughs> Do you think that it's too far fetched? No, I mean, dude, at this point, who f-ing knows? We got a baby Yoda. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's just kind of neat to think about. This is what I like about it because this is, you know, it's been a long time since we've watched anything Star Wars and not really been completely at a loss. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Cantabat and all that shit was kind of new, but everything around The Last Jedi was predictable uh the force awakens we got the characters we kind of saw where everything was going that was very like we've seen this before you know what i mean and i'm not saying it was bad i liked it i loved the movies i'd say a lot of the maz Kanata stuff is still in an air of mystery yeah but um as far as what you're saying though the only thing that you really have an air of mystery is that and also the visions of the knights of ren in the burning temple right so there's it's, that's just kind of like new story seeds. Yeah. But yeah, it wasn't like totally, oh, you know, what could be next? Yeah. There's like a path. You can see where it's going. This, shit, dude, who knows? Yeah. We could be anywhere. 
it's absolutely fascinating. Um, I don't have any other ideas on who it, else it could be. It could just be a completely new character, but I like, I would like to see which of us is right. And yeah. even if we're both wrong, this is a hell of a lot oh, of well. fun. <laughs> Speculation yeah. is so much fun. Filling in the blanks, connecting the dots. This is why I love Star Wars. <laughs> it's yeah, because you got such a great knowledge of it. And then you're like, okay, well, this does this. And this person was here at this point, And you're like trying to, you got a little <laughs> red yarn everywhere. This is the cool stuff. This is where you're like, okay, let's see what happens next. What? And there's so much with R5 coming back and, you know, like that's, that's so neat. So who else could they bring? You know, who, who else could they bring back? Cad Bane would be awesome. I'd say Rick and freaking shit Rick. Yeah, he would. <laughs> what? <laughs> Can you imagine a live action Cad Bane? No, I couldn't. So I'd like to see it. Cause he was such a, um, I don't want to say animated, but, uh, he was though the the way that he his <laughs> face moved, man. It yeah, was, it was such a for a Doros. Yeah, like every other Doros that we've ever seen, pretty bland. Yeah, their eye their eyebrows haven't been moving as much, right? And he would squint and do the one eyed thing. He's very cowboy like. So I mean, if they're gonna bring him back in the series, this would be a great series to do so with. Um, <sighs> that would be so the Obi Wan one would make more sense time wise. You know what I mean? Like I do. I yeah. Do. As far as like the timeline, it would just be more practical, but this would be, this is a story that would fit him very well. Like he would just, he would mesh with this, the way things are going very well. And Hey, Filoni's on this crap. So that's a Filoni character. He's the only person that should be allowed to put Cad Bane in anything, even if it's right. just his legs. Yeah. So I actually yeah. immediately pulled up uh, the first appearance of Cad Bane in um, Clone Wars. in Clone Wars just to make sure that his feet jingled. <laughs> and he, they did, didn't they? Like yeah, they had did. Like a spurry kind of. Uh, at least in that first was, episode, there was no sound to his footsteps. It wasn't the first episode. What's the one where he's got? He's like in a shootout with Anakin and maybe Ahsoka. What season was that? Like they plugged him a lot through the Clone Wars. Now the, here's the thing: I have no idea, but it makes me want to go and watch all the Cad Bane stuff just to see yeah. any more of his costume that I can to look at his boots because I've got the pictures saved on like three different resolutions on my phone right now, different layers of zoom from behind, from a bit the front. Cad Bane, is that you? It possibly, very possible. I think that having the sheriff show up, the one that you're talking about, would be yeah. so incredible. Like, that would be not equally as pleasing to me. <laughs> right. No, no, no. I'm with you, dude. I'd rather have Cad Bane. Yeah, but I would be very pleased nonetheless. But as a fan of the supplemental material, and that would just be great. Yeah. That just, I love those kind of tie-ins. Those are, those are a lot of fun for me. Well, tell you what, man. We've we've hit our hour for this week. Oh yeah. And um I want to go ahead and check in and see if we got any com link chatter. Well damn. We ain't got nothing today, buddy. Huh. And I I put that really nice uh artwork and stuff together too. I really like that. 
<laughs> it was all in spite of you. Nobody said anything. You know what this reminds me of? It reminds what me of that, of that episode of Metalocalypse where it was uh, William Murderface, Murderface's birthday. And Nathan Explosion says, we got you the most brutal gift of all. Nothing. <laughs> That's what this feels like. I feel like William yeah. Murderface right now. Well, there you go. We got nothing. <laughs> well, I tell you what, guys. That's okay, but we want to know what your thoughts are on the very next episode of uh, The Mandalorian, Chapter 6. And remember, you can get all that stuff in by Monday nights. And uh, we're going to tell you all the different ways that you can get in contact with us. Oh, it must be time for... The Showbiz! Oh, that's absolutely right, Josh. You know, we strive to keep this a super interactive show. So here are all the different ways that you can interact with us. You know, both Josh and I can be reached on the podcast, Twitter, and Instagram. That's at JTComLink on Twitter and at JamTransmissions on Instagram. We also have a Facebook page under the same name. Just search it up. And if blogs are your thing, you can find ours easily at JamTransmissions.wordpress.com. Ever growing with articles and reviews for myself, Josh, and Eden. And you can follow our personal endeavors as well. Josh, where can people follow your artwork and direct commission requests? Just search it up. Uh, Instagram <laughs> users at JDRow812. And for those in the Twitterverse, JoshuaRow24. Good deal. Or, you know, you guys could hit us up at uh, Comlink. That's C O M L I N K at jamtransmissions.com for that hashtag Comlink chatter that we missed out on this week. It's so bitter, so bitter. <laughs> and on behalf of Eden, you can find her and follow her endeavors on Twitter at Eden Jean Gray. And on Instagram at Eden Gray Cosplay. And like Josh said, if you want to hear your voicemails or emails on the show, you got to get them sent in by Monday nights. That's comlink, C O M L I N K, at jamtransmissions.com. And that, ladies and droids, is the showbiz. So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot to talk about, actually, uh, especially what with uh, bringing in John Ford and John Wayne movies into the fray. I am now interested in watching more of what has influenced George Lucas. Yeah. Um, obviously I'm already a, uh, Akira Kurosawa fan. I've already right. seen so <laughs> many of the things that not only influenced him, but also influenced like Ryan Johnson, mm-hmm. um, like Rashomon, like that was, yes, it's so cool, man. Like, um, I'm really into what, influences these guys so yeah we want to hear what you guys have to say about all that and obviously chapter six of the mandalorian and you know what just send us any any random old thought that you get i think about crazy crazy stuff all day long all you got to do is just pull up your voice memos and send that to comlink at jamtransmissions.com and we'll put it on the show just so you know we got lots of space for it (laughs) yep Uh, if you send us one we'll probably put it on the show (laughs) <laughs> and it doesn't have to be about anything we're talking about. You know, no pressure. Seriously. That kind of stuff, I like it. That's fun. That yeah. that left field crap. Um, she wears a mask because she's uh shamed. How about Jeff Keltz's Star Wars Pimp My Ride? Oh that my god, fun. yes. Yes, that was so good. <laughs>
So we got plenty of fun stuff coming up for you guys. What with the movie coming out and new episodes of Mando and that. So it's going to be nuts, but we're going to have a special release. Uh, we're planning to take some equipment with us after we see the the uh, Star Wars, the new Star Wars movie. Yeah. And um, we're going to give our initial reaction. And if I can, I will try to put it out that night. Sure. No pressure. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> it, man. This has been a good time. How about you? Do you have a good time? Always. You know why? Because it's Star Wars Day. <laughs> you got it, man. Well, here's to another good Star Wars Day. Looking forward to the 56th Star Wars Day. Hanging out with my buddy. But on behalf of Eden, my buddy Josh, and me, may the Force be with you. To all of you, and always, and hashtag homelink chatter. <laughs> <laughs>